Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 253 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Valeria. Valeria lives in Italy, and she is a stay-at-home mom of a seven-year-old girl and a five-year-old boy, but she also is very talented and speaks a lot of different languages, which we were just talking about before we started. I told her I speak one language, English. That's it. But (laughs) welcome, Valeria. Hi, Jean. I'm so glad to be here with you. Well, I'm really glad to be here with you. So tell everybody all the languages that you speak, because it's just so exciting to me to hear it, and I'm just in awe. (laughs) Okay, well, I speak Italian because I'm Italian, and then I speak French and Spanish and some English, not very well, and then I speak some Arabic and some Chinese. I mean, that's just remarkable to me. And Sardinian. And some what? Sardinian, because I'm from Sardinia. I didn't even know that was a different one. (laughs) See? (laughs) 
you speak more languages than I knew existed, I guess is basically what oh, we're saying. On. Well, I think your English is excellent, but I, I think that you'll you'll be able to get your story across. If you need to speak some Italian, speak some Italian. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, anyway, I'm super glad that you're here because you're somebody that I know from the Delay Don't Deny community. And also, um, we shared your story on one of the Life Lessons podcasts, your real life love story. So I feel like I know you. But you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay, first of all, thank you for having me, Jean. I'm so glad to be here. And you're like a, you know, like a rock star to me. So I'm pretty nervous. <laughs> because really, Do not like be a... nervous. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, what brought me to intermittent fasting? One day I was writing in a Facebook group with some friends of mine. It was a private Facebook group. And I was like desperate about my weight and how to, to, to lose weight. Uh, because I tried many diets like everybody. I didn't want to do any more diets. So I asked, how can I lose weight without being on a diet and like by walking or by, I don't, I don't know, anything. Uh, nobody gave me any real clue on that post, but somebody from that group sent me a private message. That's somebody, somebody from the community too that you know. It's Solange. Thank you, Solange. She wrote me a private message and she told me, you must read about intermittent fasting. Uh, she was in a hurry. She said, just to read about Jean Stevens, Jason Fung, the obesity code, delay, don't deny. She told me like titles like this randomly. I said, okay, what's this intermittent fasting? Uh, she told me, well, you just need to fast and then eat. Uh, what does it mean to fast? Uh, she told me, well, you can drink a uh, uh, black coffee and water, but you don't have to eat until a certain time of the day where you decide to open your window and eat and then you stop. I said, what's this fasting? Fasting and you can drink coffee because I'm, I'm familiar with fasting. You know, I'm a Muslim. So we do Ramadan fasting, which is dry fasting. We don't drink any water and we don't drink any coffee in the morning. So for me, you know, it was like a joke. Like, what's this? You call it fasting and you can actually drink? Well, <laughs> I bet so, because, you know, dry fasting is a completely different thing. It's, it's you know, part of your religious practice. So y'all are allowed to have liquids before the sun comes up? Exactly. Is that before, dawn, and before then, dawn. Dawn. And then you have the dry fast, is it until sunset? Yes, exactly. Then at sunset, you can drink and eat. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's pretty easy for me to, if somebody tells me, okay, you can drink your water, you can drink your coffee, but you just cannot eat, then that is not fasting to me. That is, call it something else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, before I, I even started reading about it, I, before I even mm, bought your books and uh, the obesity code and everything, I just jumped right in the day after. The day after I was doing 24. Wow. I said, that's easy. That's, I mean... Really, it was easy from the beginning, from day one for me, because I was used to fasting. I didn't have all that, uh, you know, period uh, where you need to adapt and uh, you struggle because, you know, just the, the only little struggle was uh, the coffee because I was used to put some sugar in it. I didn't put any cream. Or, you know, we have espresso in Italy, so it's just a short coffee. We don't put uh, milk. I don't put milk or, or anything. I just was putting like one teaspoon of uh, sugar. And it was pretty hard to to get used to to that at the beginning. I was swallowing it my my cup of espresso like it was medicine, like very very fast. But then after one week, I liked it. 
you didn't have to get rid of all that creaminess. I think that's such a struggle. The people who are used to the creaminess, it's hard to make that switch for for some of them. But you just had to get the sugar out. There you were with your, your espresso. And now I don't like sugar in my espresso at all or anything else. So I'm just fine. After one week, I was fine with that. I lost most of my weight um, within the first six months. I started in February uh, of 2021, and I started right in with the uh, 24. Uh, I was having like an afternoon window. I started. I was opening my window at 3 p.m. with a snack at the beginning, and then uh, I was having my dinner with my family within uh, like seven o'clock, something like this. It was four hours window more or less, but. Uh, well, I lost most of my weight like that, but I didn't really like it at the point because I was realizing that at the beginning when I had my snack, I was really hungry and I had to stop myself, you know, to, to later be hungry enough for dinner. So the snack made you hungrier, like it was just enough to get your appetite going, but not enough to satisfy it. So then it was actually harder after having a small snack to wait till dinner. Exactly. But then, on the other hand, when I was waiting until dinner, then at dinner time, I wasn't hungry anymore. So then I wasn't enjoying either the snack or the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> then I said, okay, what am I doing? Do, is it necessary to do like Jin does, snack and dinner? No, it's not necessary. I can have my main meal before and then have a snack if I want. So that's what I decided to do. And I decided to have my main meal when I opened my window. So that was, uh, I switched my window earlier, like around one o'clock. And so that was a lunchtime window. Then I found that uh, if I had my main meal with dessert and with fruits and with completed, then I wasn't hungry anymore. Most of the time I was having like a one or two hours window and I was fine. So I am a volume eater and I prefer to eat everything in one sitting. Yeah. So you, you eat a lot within that one to two hour period. And and you're fully satisfied because you're a volume eater and then you don't need to eat again because you've had enough. And let's see, I totally get it because I'm more of a volume eater than a lot of people seem to be, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, but there are people who are not. There are people who eat like a bird. And I'm like, I don't know how you're doing that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, I have friends like that too. Yeah. And they just naturally, Chad, Chad just naturally, like we were talking today about what he was going to have at 11 when he, when he opens his window and he's like, oh, I have half an avocado. I'll eat that. And I'm like, okay, half an avocado. (laughs) I don't understand. Who eats half an avocado and saves the rest till tomorrow? I don't even understand. That's one serving, man. I mean. (laughs) Yes, of course. Yeah. But some people are like that. I'm not like that. Yeah. No, no, I can't eat half an avocado and then stop. I'm going to eat the whole <laughs> avocado. And, <laughs> and the half, one and the half. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I like to feel satisfied, so I can totally get it. And I love what you said because people really often try to, you know, or Jen, what do you do? Tell me exactly I want to do that. And I'm like, no, do not do that. You've got to find the way that feels right to you. And don't assume that a snack and then a meal is what's going to be right for you. No, exactly, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it was like that for me. At the beginning, I was like, I wasn't even happy because I was losing weight and that was fine. And But then I realized that no, I was not fully satisfied with that. And so I, I tried the other way and uh, it worked. It worked very well. Yeah. Well, the goal is, is always to tweak it till it's easy. If it doesn't feel easy, you haven't found your way yet. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I found my way with that uh, lunchtime window. And also I find my way with that lunchtime window because uh, it allowed me to have my lunch in peace if the kids were at school. So I could sit down and have my meal without anybody asking me, mommy, I need, mommy, I want, you know? Oh, that's a, that's a very, yep. Yeah. I was not sharing the meal with anybody in the end, but at least I could enjoy it, you know, without being, when you have toddlers at home, it's not easy to even enjoy your meal. I am sure other moms can understand that. And so, yes, I just decided to have my window when I was alone. Even because lunch is in the end is the, our main meal. Uh, dinner is more of a like um, informal meal for us. My husband usually has a sandwich for dinner, or uh, and also the kids they have something you know, yes, sandwiches or uh, some yogurt or something. And the main meal is lunch, so it was better for me to cook lunch for myself and leave some for the kids and for for my husband when he got back from his job, and then you know not having to cook again because the way I was doing it at the beginning, I was cooking lunch for the kids. And for my husband, and then cooking again dinner for myself, and everybody else was having dinner with me, but it was, you know, twice the job. That makes a lot of sense. So does your husband come home and have lunch at home and then go back to work? No, he just comes back home and has lunch at home and then stays at home. But he has lunch very late. It has lunch at like a dinner time. He comes back home at like sometimes 4, 4.30, and he doesn't eat anything. He actually is an intermittent pastor without he knows. Oh, he's intermittent that. fasting, yes. From 20 years, he's intermittent fasting and he didn't know it. In fact, I'm mad at him because he didn't know, tell me anything because he didn't know what he was doing. In fact, he's one of those people who can eat whatever he wants and never get, never gain weight. It's incredible. And the secret is that is he never has breakfast. He doesn't like to have breakfast. And I was stressing him all these 10 years. You need to have breakfast. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And you need to have breakfast because not healthy. And turns out that it was That is so right. funny. <laughs> yes. That is really, really funny. And and so often people who are, you know, the words naturally slim, right? Like Chad, the naturally slim people, they never had the appetite to eat all that, like we did, right? Yeah, I, I really think probably a lot of it is they have just the way their bodies operate. They probably have low insulin. They're not storing. They just eat. They just they they just go through life and they don't have a lot of the hunger hormones. Like, like exactly. I don't know. Yes, yes. It, it, he's just not hungry in the morning. He just doesn't eat in the morning, and then he eats when he comes back from from work. He just has his coffee. I didn't convert him yet to to black coffee without sugar. So he's a dirty faster, oh. uh, I must say. But he's almost a faster. <laughs> he's almost a faster, yes. And he keeps telling me I need to 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 get rid of that sugar in the coffee. But he puts just like a less than half of a teaspoon. So let's say that is. Hey, that sugar isn't even doing anything in there. He's, he <laughs> yeah, doesn't even need that, that sugar. Exactly. <laughs> he probably wouldn't it. even know. He wouldn't even notice it if it was gone. Yes. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. I'm trying to eliminate it from him. Sometimes I try to not put it and he's like, where's my good sugar? Oh, come on. It's just like two grams of sugar. How do you notice the difference? <laughs> That's all. He, he notices. That's funny. Chad would notice too if I was trying to change him up. He just does what he does. So um, you talked about you lost your weight quickly. How much weight did you need to lose and, and how much did you lose and how, how quickly did that happen? Okay. I, I, my starting weight was... 88 kilograms, which is 193 pounds. And I am 5'2". So that was quite a lot. I was in the obese category. And I wanted to lose, theoretically, I wanted to lose like 40 pounds or more, 50 pounds. I wanted to, to lose a lot of weight at the beginning. I said, oh, I need to, to be 125 because in the past I had reached uh, 125 pounds and I was feeling good and at that weight. But that didn't happen. I lost uh, 35 pounds in approximately five, six months. And then that was it. I didn't lose any more weight, no matter how much I tried. In fact, I, if you remember, I wrote in the support uh, group and uh, I asked for advice. How can I do it? How can I tweak it? Okay. The reality is that I didn't lose any more weight, but I did lose sizes. I mean, I shrank. <laughs> You continued to lose sizes even as the scale was not moving, your body was shrinking. Exactly, yes. So I'm now at my, let's say I'm at my goal body. Not quite there, but almost. I am at a size 8, 10, depending on the clothing. And I feel good because I don't, I'm not fat anymore. Right. So size 8 to 10, that's a European size? No, eight no, to no. 10? I, I already converted it to... Oh, okay. Okay. So your size 8 to 10 as, as compared to the American size 8 to 10. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Like an M. Right. An, an M. Medium. Yes, a medium. I didn't... I never wanted to be thin. I just wanted not to be fat anymore. 
And uh, so, yes, I lost 35 pounds, 19 kilograms. Uh, and now, I, I must say, I keep checking my weight, but I, I stopped measuring myself with a tape measure because I don't want to stress too much anymore about it. I decided that I am now at maintaining maintenance because even though I wouldn't be mad if I kept losing some fluffiness here and there, I have decided that I am fine. I'm totally fine like this because I can move through life without, you know, pain, without being, uh, without that, that fatigue of, you know, when I was obese and I feel lots of energies and I can wear pretty much any, any clothes that I want without feeling, you know, out of place. I don't need to be perfect in order to be acceptable. That's the message that I want to, to give to people. There's no need to be perfect according to somebody else's, you know, uh, point of view to be accepted or to accept yourself. That's not my, that was not my goal. My goal is to be healthy and I'm healthy now. I feel healthy. I, I feel my body cooperates with me now as I want him to. And that's it. I love that. And I, I think that's really, really important because I see a lot of people struggling against their body and they will have a, a goal in mind. It might be a number on the scale. It might be a number in the clothing label, but they have a number in their mind of what they think they should be. Um, I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday and it was someone who had a very specific weight number in mind. And we kept digging in, digging in. This was in the community. It kept coming back to this person was maintaining for three months now a certain weight range. And when we when we dug in more and more and more, that was the, the weight range her body always could maintain. And she had never been lower than that weight range in her adult life ever. But she was fighting so hard to be lower than that because she felt like she needed to. And I'm like, I know this is not what, you know, the diet culture tells us. Diet culture tells us if you want to be a size whatever and low whatever number on the scale, you can do it. You can get there if you just work hard enough or diet the right way. But that that's what we're told. You know, like all those magazines, lose a hundred pounds by Thanksgiving or whatever. And and we're we're meant to think that everybody can be any size it wants to be. But I don't think that that's true. I think that our bodies have a weight that is our healthy weight, healthy for our bodies. And when we think about, you know, the normal distribution of everything from, you know, the height of trees to the length of fingers, you know, we we have that it's described as the bell curve. Some things are larger than other things and some things are smaller. There's always taller palm trees and shorter palm trees and and those that are in the middle that are average palm trees. And I'm looking out the window and I can see a palm tree. So I'm sorry. <laughs> but my, my point is that our bodies are meant to be all different sizes. And, and, and it's hard to keep fighting that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So you're feeling really good at, at your weight. You feel strong. You feel healthy. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if I lost, you know, 10, 15 more pounds. But I'm not fighting to get there. I don't want to, you know, to, to, to fight against my body anymore. I know that if I, for example, if I stopped 
eating sweets and, you know, cut a bit of my carbs or butter or whatever, I probably would uh, lose some, you know, 10, 15 more pounds. But I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, I don't need to. And that that's the key because anything we do, when we're fighting against the weight our body wants to be, we can get there by dieting our way down there, but you have to keep doing it to stay there. You know, we've all had, like I was thinner. When I was in my my early 20s and I did the low-fat diet, that was the thinnest I was in my adult life. I weighed 118 pounds. It was very, very thin. Yeah, very thin for me. I could get there again if I stopped eating butter and stopped eating cheese and did the low-fat diet or again. I don't want to do that, though. I don't want to live that way. So there was someone in the community. She's not there now, but she was there for a while. And she she always said, and I loved it, and I agree with her completely. She said, I don't have a goal weight. I have a lifestyle goal. My goal yes, lifestyle. I remember her. How do I want? Yep, yep. You remember her. How do I want to live? And And that's the way we, yep. You don't want to live a life of where you're, you're like giving up everything to get to be 118 pounds exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Plus, plus I realized, and I think, I hope, maybe you will, you can confirm me this. I think I, I've, I've been intermittent fasting just from one year and a half now. I think my body will, will eventually keep shrinking without me trying to, as it did. It might, now. It, mine did. Yep. Mine did. Yeah. In fact, that's what, uh, you know gives me courage <laughs> because I, I keep reading your, your books and your comments and uh, I follow you all the time. And I know that uh, your body kept shrinking uh, without your scale budging. My scale is not budging from since last October. But uh, since last October, I, I lost like 10 centimeters of my waist. I don't know how many inches that would be. Like 10 centimeters. That is a lot. That's lot. substantial. Well, what's it? Two and a half, two and a half centimeters or an inch. So that's like four inches. You've lost four inches off your waist and zero pounds. Yes. And now it's been a long time since I last uh, t- measured myself. So I don't know. Maybe I, I'm even less. I, I lost even more. But it doesn't matter. I, it doesn't matter anymore to me. Now, really, it doesn't matter. I just want to live my life uh, like this. Intermittent fasting changed my life because it gave me freedom. I can now eat whatever I want in that window. And that window is not uh, like, it's not uh, all the time the same. My lifestyle is very flexible. At the beginning, I was a bit more like strict because at the beginning, I believe when you are, when you want to lose weight and you are still getting used to it, it's good to stay on a window for the first couple of months. That's what I advise people who ask me for help. Keep on that, on that window for a while and get used. But then when you are used to the lifestyle and everything, then you can change it up and doesn't matter. You still will, still will add up to those hours, you know. For example, now I am on holiday at, in Italy with my parents from May because my sister got married last May. So I come here with the kids. I'm, I've been here three months now and uh, my windows are all over the place. I mean, but I've never stopped fasting. My windows are all over the place. Most of the time I have a lunchtime window, but it's longer than when I am living in Libya because I live in Libya with, with my husband and my children. When I'm there, I'm like, you know, uh, I have a s- smaller window. But now here I have lunch and then maybe I will have you know, a snack with my mom, an ice cream with my kids, you know. 
doesn't matter. Sometimes it's three hours. Sometimes it's four. Sometimes somebody tells me, like yesterday, somebody tells me, shall, shall we have a pizza for dinner? Okay, let's have a pizza for dinner. Doesn't matter. Because now I'm in maintenance. I don't, I'm not uh, trying to, to lose any more weight. And I'm, I want this to be my lifestyle, not uh, a diet. So if I want it to be a lifestyle, it must be flexible to me. I cannot deny myself a pizza with some friends because, I don't know, maybe the day after the scale will get crazy and give me two pounds more. I know it will do that, but I don't care anymore. I don't care what the number, <laughs> what number it tells me in the morning. I know. I love that. So do you still get on the scale every day? Yes. I wish I didn't, but I do. Because I still... That's okay. No. I know no, you're here's the one. <laughs> no, I'm not. There actually is research that shows that people, I mean, you know, research can show a lot of things and that doesn't mean every single person responds that way. But research does show that people who weigh consistently are more likely to maintain a healthy weight than people who never weigh. So you might think, well, then why don't you weigh, Jen? Well, because I just can't mentally handle it. That's just me. I just can't. But yeah, it's okay to weigh every day because that really is a helpful strategy for so many people. Yeah, I don't like it too. I uh, I wish I could uh, get rid of my scale and I try to, but I realize that I am not ready to yet. I wish I uh, I didn't need it, but I do because I can see that uh, probably if I wasn't waiting every day, I would say, okay, let's have a longer window today and tomorrow too. And maybe the day after, you know, because I would not be afraid of what the, the, the scale would tell me. At the same time, I don't want to be a slave of the scale. I don't know if you see my point. I'm struggling with that from a long time. I want to get rid of it, but I can't get rid of it. I'm not I get ready it. Yeah. I, I really, really do understand it because, you know, I, you've probably heard me say before, knowledge is power. Knowing, knowing that number does help you stay. Once you can, can understand that the, the fluctuations occur and not get upset by the fluctuations, knowing the number does give you some parameters of oh, it's up two pounds. Today I might need to not open my window longer because it was up a little bit. And and that that's really, you know, using the scale that way is is why daily weighing works for so many people. Yes, yes. That's what I'm doing. I'm not, you know, at the beginning I was like getting mad at the scale if uh, day after the pizza I was weighing two pounds more. And that's normal, sometimes even three pounds. Now I know it. Sometimes I don't wait the day after I had pizza, for example, this morning I didn't wait in because I knew that that number would be crazy. I know that it will be all right after a couple of days, so I'm not uh, I'm not scared. I'm within that range, 69 kilos, 70 kilos from since October, and I am still overweight according to the BMI. So that's a point. I'm still overweight according to the BMI, but I'm wearing a size M. And according to the height to waist ratio, I am in the healthy range. So that's important. Body recomposition, body recomposition exists. <laughs> yes, I think that's really important. Your weight to height ratio, I think, is a more accurate depiction of health than BMI. I mean, BMI is is not like some people like really hate BMI. I don't. I think it's still a useful tool as long as you understand the limitations. And if you're muscular. If you're someone with a muscular and you have a lot, a lot of lean body mass, muscle, dense bones, you're just you're you're just a, a large frame kind of a person, then BMI is going to be off for you. It's not going to be as accurate. But if your height to weight ratio 
I mean, waist, I meant waist. <laughs> if your height to waist ratio is healthy, that is a great, great metric, a great tool. I've actually gained, since menopause, I've gained an inch around my waist from oh, menopause. I'm working that's on okay. work. Well, it is. I'm working on it now. And it freaked me out when I, I measured. And I'm like, oh no, I'm up an inch in my waist. And so I, I looked it up on one of the calculators and it still was in the slim range. So it, it was like below, it was like, I'm like, okay, okay, it's no big I deal. I didn't need I'm a calculator to realize that. <laughs> just well, yeah. well, I guess, I guess, but it's still, you know, it's like an inch sounds like a lot, but. Yeah, but it's nothing in the end. It's nothing in the end. I have no idea well, what my waist is now, but uh, I don't care. I stopped caring about it. I just want to live my life in a happy way and, and that's it. Yep. Well, it's, it is something I think I'll always keep my eye on, you know, after going through menopause. And a lot of women gain that weight around the middle, the middle, the midsection after menopause. So I want to maintain my healthy waist size. So I'm going to keep my eye on that. That's all I need is, is keeping my eye on that. So Yes, yes. I will also keep my eye on that. Yeah, definitely. But without uh, letting it be a, like a fixation or a, I don't know if you see my point. I don't want to fixate on that. I do. I do see it. I do see it. And also waists fluctuate too. You know, the waist measurement can be up and down, just like the scale can. When you measure your waist, it can be different. Like I could measure my waist first thing in the morning, the middle of the day, after I eat dinner and get three different measurements just based on have I been to the bathroom or did I just eat? Yes, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. Well, it's it's okay. I I think I I still want to lose some, you know, fluffiness around my waist area, but it's not urgent. I don't see it urgent. I I have time. Intermittent fasting would do its work, I I guess. And if I see that that doesn't happen and I am not happy, I will see. I, maybe I will tweak something, or maybe no. I don't know. But my point is that it's not necessary to be. For me, it's not necessary to be perfectly slim in order to be happy. Yeah. Not anymore. That's important. I've been struggling all my life with that, and but not anymore now. I am perfectly fine like that. I could wear a very nice dress for my sister's wedding and a size M dress, and I was feeling comfortable in it. I wasn't, uh, you know, the fat one, the fat sister, <laughs> the bride's fat sister. And I was, okay, I was, I was happy. That was my goal. You know, my goal is to be comfortable with my body, not to be perfectly lean or I don't care anymore. I, and it's not the message I want to, to give to my daughter either, that you need to be perfect in order to be acceptable. I love that. That's dangerous too, you know. Yep. She's, she's going to watch you and, and see that you are, you know, you, you enjoy food, you enjoy eating, you're flexible, you love your body, and you focus on feeling good and being healthy. Yes. Yes. That's what I want to teach her. I, th I think that's the most powerful lesson we can teach our kids is, is that. And and um, not having that goal to be like someone else's body. You know, our, our body is is not going to be like somebody else's body. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing water aerobics every day, which I'm sure everybody is tired of hearing me say. But, you know, <laughs> I'm appreciating in the pool, you know, because we're all wearing our bathing suits, how different we are all built. Yes. My legs don't look like their legs. and <laughs> Yes, we're all different. We're all good. Nobody has to be like anybody else. 
Definitely. Exactly. Before intermittent fasting, you told me you were um, in a Facebook group looking for looking for a, a diet at the time. That was in 2021? Yes, 2021. Yes. Yes. I wasn't looking for diets. I was looking more for a method, uh, you know, like walking uh, or, or, or running or whatever thing could let me lose weight without being on diet. I don't oh, want to be on a diet. It. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you had tried a lot of diets then yes. over time. Yes. yes what, I, were, what were some of the different diets that you tried over the years? Okay. When I was 10, 10 and a half years old, I, I started my first diet because I was gaining some weight. And the doctor advised my mom to take me to a dietitian. So, you know, my mom listened to the doctor and she took me to the dietitian. And the dietitian put me on my first diet. It was horrible. And of course, I was eating, you know, sneaking food and eating whatever crazy things. That spiral started. And yes, that was pretty much the story of my of my life from all, all my teenage years were like this, trying to be on a diet, but eating uh, without being seen. You know, that, that brought me back to my childhood. And, you know, I was always really lean, but I can remember when I would go to my dad's, it, my stepmother had a, like the kitchen is closed kind of a rule. Like there was a time of the day when you didn't just go like start eating things in the fridge. And that was really different for me because in my mom's house, I was the only child there. And it was really like whatever you wanted. You got it at any time. There was There were no parameters or guidelines about when you could eat or what you could eat. So it was very, very unusual for me to be in a house where they ate at the mealtimes and you were not certainly snacking. And I can remember sneaking food. And I mean, I was, it, it was just, it was kind of like the idea that I couldn't have it made me want it. Exactly. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I was like, we can't eat right now. Well, I would really like to eat. So I would like sneak the food. That's funny that you mentioned that because I really hadn't thought about that in a long time. But I remember sneaking the food. And, you know, I I think it's a much better way of of teaching the kids to, are you hungry? If you're hungry, have something else. Instead of kitchen is closed, then no. (laughs) I'm like, okay, well, I can sneak something. I'll be hiding. I'll be eating like white bread in the closet or something. I don't know. You know, my mom, my mom always want, just wanted to help and she did what the doctor advised her and she thought she, she was doing, doing it for my sake and everything, but uh, the reaction was, she couldn't uh, expect my reaction would be like that. And that was my struggle all the teenage years. I had never been obese until after having my children. I always have been overweight, but never reached the obese category. Category. Until the point that, you know, yo-yo dieting, yo-yo diet, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, and stop dieting, restart dieting, like that. At a point, I went on a diet when I was at university with my best friend at the time. We started dieting together. We went to a dietitian. I was, in that time, I, I wrote it here, I was 165 pounds when I started that diet, 75 kilograms. <clears throat> and I lost, I, I reached 125.4 pounds. Within like six months, something like that. Like I lost 17 kilograms in a very short time. But I wasn't happy. I still wasn't happy. I wasn't a size SM, I dare say, because if I was like 57. No, I wasn't a size M. 
well, I can't remember now, but still, I was fine. I was lean. I didn't have, I was fine, but I wasn't happy. I didn't look healthy either. If I see the pictures now, I didn't look as healthy as I look now because I was in a verse on a very strict diet and I wasn't satisfied anyways. Plus, when I was on that diet, I didn't allow myself anything. And when I reached my goal weight, then I said, okay, now it's time to be free and let's eat everything. And then I had also to, I had, my graduation was very near. So I had to write my thesis and everything. I was very stressed and eating whatever. Anyways, I started gaining all the weight back. And then I, after a couple of years, I had my children and I gained more weight. I breastfed and I was starving all the time. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, the coldest case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. I gained all the, the weight back and more. And I was obese at the end. I was, uh, after having my first uh, daughter, I reached 95 kilograms. I don't know how much is that in, in pounds, but it's a lot. Wait, let me tell you. 95. It's uh, 209. That was my maximum. And in that time, I asked for help to... Uh, like a dietitian, it's not really a, really a dietitian, it's like a nutritionist, yeah. okay? From my country, from my hometown, I asked her help to her. I was living in China in that time, so I was far away from everybody. And I just uh, sent her an email, I asked her for help. She asked me, you know, many questions and she gave me a diet. She told me, I will visit you when you come here, but in the meanwhile, try to follow this diet and it was a special diet because it wasn't a you know low calorie diet she knew i was breastfeeding she knew i was you know in a very delicate moment of my life so she gave me like a, a diet which was more uh, about a combination of uh, of food of, of different kinds of food more than more that than uh, you know than a low calorie diet and it was very good. It was uh, I liked doing that because it just had plenty of nice foods and you know very nice combinations, very nice recipes. And I lost uh, like maybe ten kilograms with that. But then I, it wasn't sustainable because I couldn't always follow, you know, 
certain diet uh, that day you need to cook that and that day you need to cook that and what about if you want to go to a friend for dinner or you want to go out you know it was like i felt like i was going off the va- the wagon every time i i go out for dinner and then okay it doesn't matter then today i was out for dinner then tomorrow forget about it you know it wasn't sustainable for me but that taught me how to you know that taught me something taught me first of all i think it put my hormones in balance oh that makes sense Yes, because uh, that was, you know, it's called, uh, sorry, I'm making a lot of confusion. It's called, I think, the translation would be nutritional biotherapy. Okay. Biotherapia nutritionale. Was it real, focused on real foods? Yes, real foods. Only real foods. Real fats. So I could eat, for example, as much uh, all extra virgin olive oil as I could, but no seeds oil. Real butter, no margarine, you know. She told me, you can have a, a toast with butter and jam for breakfast. Really? Can I? Yes. And how much butter can I put? As much as you want. As long as it's, as it's real butter, put as much as you want. You know, she had this idea that as long as it was real food, it was okay, which is, I think it's right. So that helped me to appreciate real food, to choose a real food. Uh, I always had a pretty healthy diet, actually. I always cooked at home from scratch. I've never went out to eat a lot because... You know, Italians, we are we love cooking and we love cooking from scratch. We are not used to fast food or the sort of things. But still, I was eating a lot of crap, you know, like, uh, you know, sweets and uh, a lot of these things. And that diet taught me to avoid those things. But it wasn't sustainable. And uh, so at a point, I, I, I asked for help, this group. And that Solange told me, do intermittent fasting. And that saved my life. She saved my life. Thanks, Solange. (laughs) Well, thank you, Solange. That's wonderful. I love that. And, you know, that's my my favorite part is the way that people are sharing intermittent fasting with other people. Because there are so many people that, that have struggled. You know, we hear it every time, every episode of intermittent fasting stories. You know, people are struggling with their weight, with health issues, with something. We're not supposed to struggle this hard. And it's, I really, really think it's because all the dietary advice is so confusing. Like we don't even know what to do if we're just listening to the news. And just today, there's like this new obesity drug that they're talking about. Somebody's like, what do you think? I'm like, thumbs down. I mean, we don't, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we we don't our bodies are not overweight because we have a deficiency of the weight loss drug exactly <laughs> our, our bodies are overweight because we're eating fake foods and we're eating too many of them all the time around the clock and so real foods in a way that that our bodies are designed to eat them which is not from sun up to sundown. Exactly. Yes. Well, you know, Ramadan teaches you not to eat from sun up to sundown. <laughs> exactly. That's right. You know, we could take that lesson into all. The, we should. None of us should be eating constantly from sun up to sundown. So when when it was your very first Ramadan after starting intermittent fasting, how was that a different experience? It was different. Yes, it was different because. Uh, I don't know. I I was used to have that window. Suddenly, you know, it was harder because when you cannot have your coffee in the morning, then you feel hungrier earlier. Yes. Coffee coffee helps you not feeling hungry. Plus, I have many coffees. I have at least four or Me five too. espressos. Yes. So, <laughs> so, 
So that was hard. The hard part is always coffee, not being able to have coffee. And then, uh, but then it's uh, it's fine. Uh, after a certain time, after afternoon, you're like fine. Okay, you already forgot about coffee, and uh, you, you go about your day normally. The sleepiness is the problem in Ramadan more than hungriness or you know more than hunger or uh, thirst. It's uh, is you feel sleepy because you cannot have your coffee. Oh yeah, I bet so. Most people think that Ramadan is hard because you cannot drink or and eat. For most people, Ramadan is hard because you cannot have your coffee in the morning. Believe me. I bet. Do you also have headaches as you're adjusting to getting um, off the caffeine? I don't, but most people do. Most I would. People, yes. I, I don't get headaches. Maybe the first day a little bit, but not, not a lot. No, thank God, no. But most people do get headaches and the, first, uh, the first week and then you get used to it. Anyway, fasting, uh, fasting in Ramadan after intermittent fasting was even easier because I was already used not to eat until a certain time. The second Ramadan after starting intermittent fasting, which was the past one, was very easy. was was really easy. Part of the first few days where you uh, you need to get used not having your coffee, but for the rest it was was okay. I was having a, like a two three hours window in the evening, and I was fine with that. Totally fine. Most people eat from sun down to sun up. In Ramadan, I mean, they eat all the night. They wake up to eat. Yes, some some people they wake up or they stay up all night to have some to have a little meal before they go to sleep or before dawn, or they wake up, they put the alarm to have breakfast before dawn, and then you know keep sleeping. For me, that doesn't work. Once I sleep, I have to keep sleeping. So keep fasting. Yes, keep fasting and just drink water until dawn. Sometimes I wake up Thursday during the night. If I see I, st- I can still drink, I drink. But uh, my window, my eating window was like two, three hours maximum. At 11, it was done. 11 in the night, I was going to bed and that was it. I was fine. That's what I would do away. too. If, if, I, if I needed to, to do that, I would not be the person waking up in the morning before the sunrise to have a meal because I think that would make you hungrier. You're already like into the fast, yeah. Yeah. I wondered, I'm, I'm glad you explained that because I wasn't sure if you were like supposed to eat before dawn. I know you're allowed to, but I yeah, didn't know if you're you were not supposed, supposed to. to. Okay, you're, you're just allowed to. to. Yes, you're allowed to. You can eat or drink whenever you want. It's advised It's advised to have a small meal before dawn, but it's not compulsory. And in my case, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't necessary. Sometimes I woke up hungry. Sometimes during last Ramadan, I woke up like, maybe I had a, a, a lighter meal that night. Or maybe I was hungrier that day or whatever. For whatever reason, I woke up starving at 2 o'clock. And that time, I like, I just go to the kitchen and eat. No problem. But that's if I was hungry. If I wasn't, I, I was just kept keeping sleeping and that's that it. That makes sense. So tell us about some of your non-scale victories. Oh, my non-scale victories are a lot. The energy, first of all. I know everybody says, mentions the energy. The energy was... Uh, I mean, it was uh, from day one, I felt uh, so many, so much more energy. And that was not uh, related to the weight, you know, to losing weight because I hadn't lost weight yet. It was the fasting, the ketosis gave me, you know, ketosis gave me a lot of energy. Most of all, my non-scale victory is, you know, the self-awareness that I gained from intermittent fasting, the um, self-confidence. Uh, I don't know, I, I love myself now. I don't hate my body anymore, even if it's not perfect. I don't hate myself. I know I can do that. I can do whatever I want because I'm, you know, I'm strong enough. Before intermittent fasting, I always felt like failure because I never could 
keep doing a diet, you know, and keep that weight, maintain that weight. And so I felt a failure with everything else. But I, I understood that I can do intermittent fasting. I can teach it to others and help others to do it, help others achieve their goals. And this, you know, gives me a lot of self-confidence. And that's the, the, best, uh, the best thing, the, the best no-scale victory. From the, healthy, from the health point of view, I was healthy already. I didn't have any health problems uh, apart of being overweight. So I can't say, you know, part of the energies. Oh, yes, I had some, something in my skin. I had like something like psoriasis or something. It was not real psoriasis, but it disappeared after starting fasting anyways. So you had something on the skin that was similar to psoriasis and it went away and it's gone. Yes, it's gone. And I just have some now, just some. I feel my nails are stronger. I don't know if it's related to fasting. I think so, though, because I like... I would think so. Yes. And uh, that's pretty much it. I didn't have any health-related uh, issues. I still have my allergies. I was wishing I would uh, not be allergic like you, like you said, you, <laughs> that you solved your allergy problem thanks to fasting, but that didn't happen to me. <laughs> I still have to take my antihistaminic. So I maybe maybe one day that'll that'll get better for you. I just had blood work done as as a part of hormone replacement that I'm doing now um, with the with a friend of mine who's a doctor, and so she checked all my levels of everything, and my inf- my inflammatory markers are very very low. So I really think that is that's why I, I don't have the allergies because my inflammation is so low. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably so. Ah, my now that you spoke about blood work. My fasting insulin is very low. It's very good. I, I had my blood test done like a couple of months ago and it was like four point something. I can't remember now, like 4.2. That was very good. So I think that's why it was easy for me to lose weight within the minute fasting because my insulin went down very easily. I had just that. I think that's important. Time. Yeah, that was another non-scale victory. Most of all, really, the, the, the freedom gene. I'm free. I feel free now. I'm, I don't have to be on a diet anymore. I don't have to stress about my body anymore. I can eat whatever I want. I just have to, to, you know, to follow a window that is flexible. It's not a prison. I feel free. Freedom is the non-scale victory. Well, I love hearing you say that because there, there were some times in there along the way that you struggled with scale fluctuations, you really, like, I remember you would, like, from the community, that you would really be like, oh, no, my scale, it's up. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, but you taught me not to be scared of that. Well, I wanted to mention that, too. Yes, you saved me, Jim. Well, thank you. Well, just because it's it's just, you know, understanding the fluctuations, is that's just really so key. Like someone was talking the other day about her weight in the community and she hadn't lost any weight in a year or 10 months, hasn't lost any weight in 10 months. She said, in fact, I've gained a pound. I'm like, no. And if you are one pound over where you were 10 months ago, that's your fluctuation range. You're, you're still the same weight. We don't like our, we have a range that we're within that. And so you have to really think about that range. And so you know, your weight could be up a pound tomorrow and down two pounds the next day, then up three pounds, then down two pounds. And, and you're not gaining that much fat. We gain and lose fat really, really slowly. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's possible that, that someone has gained one pound of fat in, in 
10 months, but it, it's impossible to pinpoint it that closely on the scale, I guess is my point that I'm trying to make. The scale is a very rough measure of what your fat gain and fat loss are doing. Yes. Being in your community taught me that. I, I still remember I wrote many posts where I said, oh my God, I am not losing weight from five months. The scale doesn't budge. What do I have to do? Do I have to tweak it? And you were saying, okay, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> scale is not budging but have you have you measured your waist have you okay so then you taught me you and your moderators and all the other members that community is gold because everybody is helping you understand that you don't have to fixate on that number and that there are so many other things and that if you just are patient everything will turn out good and uh, you know body recomposition exists there are many examples there in the community i thought oh that cannot be me you know, because I don't know why. That cannot be me. Everybody else can have body recomposition except me. <laughs> but it happened to me too because I lost 10 centimeters of my 10 waist. 10 centimeters. I mean, that is a lot. Four, that's four inches off of your waist. And and you are now have a healthy waist measurement. That is what is so important because that that is a great marker of your health. So it, it sounds to me like you are mentoring and sharing intermittent fasting with others in your life. Yes, I am with my friends here, my real friends, real life friends. My best friend is doing intermittent fasting too. She's having ups and downs, but now she's back to it and she's really strong. She's making it. And I have another WhatsApp uh, group where I, you know, I mentor some other girls from that same Facebook group that I was talking to you about at the beginning. Because I wrote in that group, I said, oh, thank you, Solange, you saved my life. Because, you know, one, two, three. And they all thought, oh, this one is crazy. She's doing intermittent fasting. She's starving herself. Oh, my God. One of them said, okay, what's this? And then she wrote privately to me, okay, tell me what's this. Why are you starving yourself 18 hours a day? Well, actually, I'm starving myself 20 hours a day. And I'm not starving myself. <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah. actually, I am sleeping during the night. So those 20 hours include the, the sleep time. <laughs> remember? And then she was curious about it. Then she asked me to do like to open a WhatsApp chat where she invited another friend of hers. And then we invited more people. We are now like six or seven or eight. And they are my girls and I'm mentoring her. We are mentoring each other. Actually, they are very knowledgeable now because they all read your book, their, the Italian translation of your, of your book. And I love like, that so much. Yes. I love that it's in different languages. Yes. You're a rock star to them. <laughs> Yes, you're a rock star to us. Today, just just before connecting with you, I, I wrote uh, to them. I said, oh, my God, I'm going to meet Gina. I'm so nervous. You're, you're doing great, though. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? What I wish I knew. I wish I knew that the scale is not important and that scale is a liar. That it's not the only tool that we have. I wish I could, you know, read as first that chapter of your of your of your fast fifth repeat where it speaks about the scale, scale schmale. I wish I knew that because maybe I would save myself some, you know, stress. But for the rest, I was very knowledgeable from the beginning because I read uh, your books and um, Jason Funk's book. Plus, uh, my friend Solange uh, gave me the right information from the beginning. What would I tell somebody who's just starting? Do it for your health, not for uh, looking like somebody else wants you to look like. Do it. Uh, intermittent fasting is a healthy lifestyle. It's not 
something, some sort of uh, new diet to be pretty very fast. Do it because it's good for your health, uh, because it gives you energies, because it lets you feel good, and also let, makes you look pretty. But that's not the main point. And don't fixate on you know having very fast results and uh, you know quickly because that is not sustainable. It's a lifestyle and uh, takes time. Be patient. Just stick to it. And be flexible without being, you know, without getting lost. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And I have really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much for having me, Jean. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Hey, you. It's Jason. Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is... JJ, 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 why are you whispering? Well, it, there's there's a pst in the, in, the, in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like... They are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span our mystery we'll cut this out our mystery guests all right here we go we got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life and if you're yeah, a wondering fan then you're I'm gonna stone, yeah, just you come and listen Tyson. to it yeah. we're on Wondery right now and you can listen uh, to us and no matter what you're doing you're at the gym or you're in the car just listen yeah. to the podcast Sean tell them where they can find it follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to Smartless ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts bye bye, bye.